Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app and then use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Monday, Luke Stuckmeyer, Cody Del Mendo, and Ryan Herrera back from San Diego. We hope you had a good weekend despite a whole lot of nothing going on from the Cubs. And, you know, don't let that bring down your spirits because as we do this podcast live on YouTube – I'm in the chat and I'm seeing the chat hit before we even start the show. And a lot of people are turning into our friend, Michael Collada here. He's, he's always been very negative saying that the the spending's not going to happen. And now people are either coming around to that idea or they're starting to get nervous. Um, We'll, we'll dig into the whole thing. We'll talk about uh, Cubs prospect list that came out uh, recently. We'll talk about possible trade partners, backup plans, uh ryan how was how was your trip to san diego uh the trip was fun uh you know it was a lot a lot to to work on as you guys know uh, i mean i was doing cubs obviously focusing on cubs and what they were trying to do this week but uh, uh our guy Vinny over at chgo white Sox was uh he was still down under as he liked to say the new bridge <laughs> was still down under um so he wasn't back from his honeymoon so i was uh filling in a little bit on the white Sox beat so um, a lot of running around, a lot of doing, I mean, just going to get Rick Hahn and then running over to get Jed or, you know, David Ross, the, the White Sox manager, all these people, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of just running around. And then, you know, we, we had, uh, I was down there with DNVR, uh, Rockies guy, Patrick Lyons and our PHNX Diamondbacks guy, Jesse Friedman, you know, our all city network, um, you know, planning and, and doing some shows you can find on, on our, on our YouTube page. Um, just smaller clips, not live that, uh, you know, were fun to put together, but, um, you talk about a little bit of a quiet weekend for the Cubs. I think I was kind of happy about it because of, of all the things I was doing this week. I, I, could, I used, I could use a weekend off. So it was nice to not, ha- I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. It would be nice to, to get on an emergency podcast. We did that with Cody Bellinger. Uh, we've talked about, we want to do it. Um, but it was nice that I didn't have to worry about it for the weekend. Maybe, well, maybe tonight. Maybe tonight they'll do it and we can get it on. But we'll <laughs> it was, let it was you nice s- to avoid that. Yeah, we'll let you have that selfishly. I could tell you who's not happy about it, and I can see him in the top right corner of the screen. And that <laughs> Cody and other people in the chat, Shane's a loyal Cubs fan. He's on this podcast every single day, and he says, I have season tickets, ended up selling my package to a few friends. Good thing I'm not wasting money this year. That's what you're starting to see more and more of is like fans are – if this doesn't happen and there's still a chance, fans are really getting fed up with this narrative of the Cubs at like 15th in payroll. And, you know, you're hearing about Correa being out there, Buster, Buster only saying it's going to take 400 to get Correa. And that see other people saying, oh, it's the, it's the Giants and probably, or, um, twins, the other team. The twins, 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 the other team. And if the, if honestly, if the twins are the team to sign Carlos Correa, that will be an embarrassment because you should never be outbid by the Minnesota twins. If it's the giants and the giants can say, we offered him the same amount of money. We have a cool ballpark. We're in California and we're closer to the world series. Then I can say, okay, maybe the Cubs should have gone higher than that, but whatever. If you get outspent, by the Minnesota Twins, because you're never going to have the same offer as the Twins, and he's going to stay in Minnesota. That would be ridiculous. Nobody's choosing Minneapolis. Yeah. Cody, are, are, are you fed up with the fact that this is dragging on this long? Fuck yeah, man. Like, I'm over this. I've been so over this. Like, this is ridiculous, dude. Like, like listen, first off, everyone in the chat is, you know, saying, like, keeps commenting about what Steve Phillips says regarding Correa about Giants and Twins. I mean, yesterday, I'm pretty sure it was Heyman that said that the Cubs were still in on Correa. So, like, I, what, what's the difference in 24 hours? I don't, I don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. Uh, would it surprise me at this point? No, because if the Cubs aren't even going to give Sean Manaya two years, 25 million, then how can I believe that we're going to go and get Carlos Correa? given the shortstop market and how it's, how it's gone, man. Like it's, I, I don't know. I I'm fed up because, you know, when Kodai Senga signed with the Mets late Saturday night, I'm at a Christmas party, got my ugly Christmas sweater on. I'm drinking hot cider surrounded by all of Cassidy's friends and her. And it's because of her friends. I have to act normal and have to keep all my anger inside. I was in shambles. 
I was in absolute shambles. Um, so yeah, it's just been a roller coaster since then, man. Like I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to say I've lost all hope, but, uh, yeah, I don't blame the chat for being upset. I don't blame the chat for being pissed. I don't blame everyone for being pessimistic. I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing? I mean, I understand Kodai Senga probably wanted to go to the Mets just because they're closer to win. And like, that was the rumor or whatever. It's like, fine. But like, what, like, what about Sean Manaya? Two years, 25 to the Giants. What about some of these other dudes, man? Like, and you're right, Luke, if, if Carlos Correa goes to the twins, like that is an embarrassment. And it would depend. Like I'll say this much: it, it would depend what the contract is at yeah. at, at some well, standpoint. Would, yeah, at some to... standpoint, I would say that. But like, as far as AAV, like it, like they should not. It should not be more than what the Cubs offer, and that that's what I'll say about that. Either way, it shouldn't be the Twins because if it's the Twins because they offer more money, that's unacceptable because they are a true small market team. And if it's the twins, because what, I mean, like, what are the other options, right? Like the, if I, they I, offer the I, same deal, how could he not take the Cubs? That doesn't make any sense. So they can't be out. I, the only thing is, team. is I'm like, to say, I've been saying that he, I've been saying that, well, this goes back to before um, that the Cubs shouldn't get outspent. Definitely not by the twins. It's like, like you both are saying, the twins should not outspend the Cubs for Carlos Correa. Um, but we have seen, players leave money on the table this offseason a lot of money on the table this offseason to sign with the team that they wanted to sign with i'm not saying that that should be a that there's going to be a factor in what carlos correa does we know he's a scott boris client and scott boris likes to find the best deals for his clients uh but if for whatever i mean i i think it's again i said it a weeks ago but like it's something you could maybe stomach somehow like at least find some rationalization in he just got comfortable in the minutes, the playing in Minnesota, something like <laughs> that. On, and he man. left money. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but he must like walleye the, fishing okay. more than I do, Ryan. But that's at least some kind of rational way. But if it like, you're, I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell yeah. you that I agree with you. If that's, if that's the reasoning why, then at least there's some rationale behind it. But if it comes down to just money or years and the Cubs not willing to outbid the twins, then yes, that is a complete failure for you can't get out, outspent by the twins for a free agent especially not one of Carlos Correa's caliber and, and for how well he fits into this roster. If it's something yes, that, if it's something that makes sense, sure, but that doesn't make any sense to me. And that would be, that yeah. would be a failure on the Cubs part. Agreed. Yeah, like, like if he, if he says giants, because the giants are closer and he had the same offer from the Cubs, then I, then I understand that Correa goes there. Honestly, it's why in my mind, just, just go to Dansby Swanson. Now, like I, I feel like Correa is not happening. If, the the the, the Sahad of Sharma article that came out got everybody rolling this weekend. Like if you watched Cubs Twitter, it started like sinking already. But once Sahadev's article from the Athletic came out and was talking about Jed spending and what he doesn't like to do or not spending and what what he doesn't like to do, mm-hmm. I felt like it went off a cliff. Like people were just dumpster diving after that, just heading down a a real slippery slope. And basically, it was saying like you know. They're not going to give out $400 million like Buster Olney is saying. And they're certainly not going to give out a 10-year deal. Like Jed doesn't want to give out 10 years. The problem with what I I have with that is not that Sahadev said it. It's 99% that it's the truth, absolute truth, right? The problem is that's the market. That's what you're playing. That's the game you're playing in now, guys. You can't can't say we're never going to give out a 10-year deal. It's not like he's 35 and you're giving him 10 years from 35 to 45. Like, very rarely are you going to get a shot at a guy that's 22, you know, and and you're going to try and sign him for 10 years from 22 to 32. This is the game you're playing in, and you can't be outbid by the Twins, and really you shouldn't be outbid by the Giants either for either guy. But if that's the way you're going, man, you got to you better give Dansby Swanson whatever he wants. And now it sounds like the Dodgers are interested in putting him at short, filling a gap there, and. Who says you're not going to get outbid by the Dodgers? And then you're going to be left with Madrigal and Horner up the middle, which fine if that's what you believe in, but There's you still told us you were going to boost the offense. That's not going to boost the offense, guys. And it's not going to make yep. you better defensively, which is up the middle, which is the other thing you said you were going to do. Right. 
Uh, one of the comments in there uh, from Design Love saying something about how he likes reading the Athletic and said this is all meatball talk. I just like to say that we we like the Athletic too. Um, yeah. And but the big part and about I like meatballs what, too. I like yeah. meatballs as well. Uh, <laughs> but going with that said though, like yeah, Sharma he he explains it very pretty much on point on like what uh, you know the Cubs are doing and it, yeah, it doesn't point to any kind of sign that the Cubs might sign one of these shortstops, even though they continue to be in these rumors. And so like, yeah, I don't blame people for getting all, all upset about it. Um, you know, yesterday I sent a tweet and said it was a meatball take. Uh, if the Cubs get outbid by the twins and then everyone actually replied saying that that's not a meatball take that, or that uh, I said that if the Cubs uh, get outbid by the twins, they should fire Jed. And then everyone replied by saying that that's not a meatball take. They should fire Jed. And the only reason I said it's a meatball take is because if that were to happen, I don't think the Cubs would fire Jed. And I also don't feel like – I don't think he should be automatically fired. I think he would just be very, very much on the hot seat, and then we would have to see how the rest mm-hmm. of the offseason plays out. But, yeah, no, like it's – it's uh, the whole thing with, with Swanson too is, you know, like two, three weeks ago we're all sitting here and – you know, all four of them are out there and everyone's like, no, don't give Swanson, don't get Swanson. You'll regret <laughs> the contract and all that. And now we're all like, yeah, we'll take Swanson. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was never that way. I said, just give me one of them, no matter what. Like, um, but yeah, I mean, I think if you get Swanson, at least your, your team is better. Um, and, and, and I, I had a thread yesterday that, you know, I mentioned like the three, the three confident batters I have in the Cubs lineup right now, and that's Ian Happ, Seiya Suzuki, and Nico Horner. And then there's four other guys that have potential, but, like, you you just don't know what you're going to get. And Madrigal is number one on that list for me. And if you knew anything about what you're going to get out of Nick Madrigal, I probably wouldn't be, like, so hell-bent on getting one of these guys. And But that's the thing, and that, that's why – the Cubs need some star power at that position, whether it's at short or at second base, whatever position that they're going to play, whoever, if they get one of these guys, you know what I mean? And and, and then you you move down that list that I put out there, and it's like, okay, Morrell, and then you got Bellinger with the upside, and, and then someone else that I can't think off the top of my head right now. Um, so, But, like, the point is, is that the, the list, the three guys that you feel confident in, like, that, that just says everything about how this team needs offense right now, man. And I know at the beginning of the show, I, I was venting about not getting Senga and hell, not even getting Sean Manaya. But like the Cubs also need starting pitching depth. And like, I'm just like very, I'm very nervous about what they're going to do. Like, I know I've said that Drew Smiley is fine, but there's better guys out there. I mean, if you could, it, like Cody said to me, Senga made so much sense for this team. And again, I understand that maybe he just wanted to go to the Mets because that team is better. But like, like it made so much sense. And I, I don't know what you would have had to do to change his mind, but like it just feels like now the Cubs are just letting these guys go, on, just go. And like I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Um, so I'm kind of I'm spiraling, guys. I'm in shambles. I'm, I'm I need the Cubs to do something. I need them to do something because you don't sign a Cody Bellinger and you don't sign a Jameson Tyon without making a big big move. Um, and then and then expect people to show up to Cubs convention yeah. and not have the pitchforks. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. No, it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be bad if things like that don't happen. Um, you know, bringing it back for the first time in a couple of years, I want to say, right? Twenty, yeah. like January of twenty twenty was the first or the last time they had it. Uh, so three years since since uh, since having Cubs convention, and since then they got rid of Kyle Schwarber, Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, Love Wilson Contreras go to St. Louis. Like in the last three years without Cubs convention, a lot has happened that has taken all fan morale and just tanked it. Um, and so to, to get to January and not have anything done outside of signing Cody Bellinger and Jameson Tyon um, is not the best way to, to build goodwill in the, in the foundation of the Cubs fan base. Um, yeah. I, I don't even know where I'm going with this. I I'm, I'm looking at it as, and this goes back to the Carlos Cray, I think Cody, because you mentioned the starting pitching and, um, we, we kind of talked about it the last time where the starting pitching made a lot of sense. I don't know the same level as getting a shortstop, um, but they were never really in that Verlander DeGrom tier. And I think we kind of saw the DeGrom contract that I ended up getting and we're like, okay, like it makes sense that the Cubs were never really in that tier because 
five years for a guy who's barely been healthy, who's the best pitcher on the planet when he's healthy, but hasn't really been healthy in the last two, two and a half, three seasons, um, five years and whatever amount of money he got like that feels like a lot, an overpay for him. Um, But this this takes me back to the shortstop thing and how that one is the market that um, is less understandable. The Cubs aren't, haven't gotten one of those guys yet. Like, like, the Cubs aren't going to get one of the top tier starting pitching. And I think everyone's fine with that, but if they don't get one of the top tier shortstops like that, that again, feels like a failure. And I go back to your, uh, your rant last, last week, Cody, um, and specifically the part of uh, the Cubs not signing Correa last off season. Um, and I, I, I just think that, well, I, I don't disagree with you. I think a lot of that comes from just complete hindsight, hindsight thinking versus what was actual reality nine-ish, ten months ago, no one was signing Carlos Correa for that contract. No one did sign him for that contract. There's a reason he signed with Minnesota for three years, whatever, you know, however, I think it was like 35-plus million AAV and with an opt-out that led him to become a free agent this year. He was not going to sign – or no one was going to sign him to that contract last year just to say the Cubs should have done it. Yeah, maybe they should have, but it's also you're, – you're, you're, you're just completely rewriting history of that at that point. Um, so yeah, the Cubs could have done it and probably should have, you know, looking back at it now, uh, but you can't go back and change the past based on hindsight. You've got to look at it now and it's like, okay, they're going to have to pay a lot more now than what they probably could have paid for Correa last year. Will they do it? I mean, I think everyone thinks they should. Everyone, I mean, it's a lot of money. It's going to be a lot of money. It's going to be a lot of years, but at this point he fills a bunch of holes, checks off a lot of boxes that it would seem worth it to me still even if it's 10 years, you know, going up against those, those Bogarts uh, Turner deals, 10 years and, and, you know, exceeds the AAV for whatever Turner got. Like it's, it's going to end up happening. And the Cubs, like the Cubs should, in my opinion, still try to do that. Dansby Swanson, we've all kind of been of the same ilk that like Dansby Swanson wasn't some bad consolation prize. Like he was still a good shortstop and all the hate he got early in the off season didn't make any sense. Um, but if you lose out on Correa, you have to get Swanson or else like, again, that goes back to, this kind of feels like a failure. Like, how did you not get one of those shortstops? I get the market changed a lot, but you also may have to change with the market. And if they don't yes. do that, then it seems like that they're very, very, not, I don't know the, the right word, but they're, they're not willing to change their plans. And that's not the way the front office should work in Chicago. Here's one well, thing I would say about the hindsight part of, should have signed Correa last year. Sure, it is hindsight for everybody to look back now and say, well, look at the deal Harper had. Look at the deal you could have had Machado for. Look at the deal you could have had. It is. The problem is, if you're really a good organization and you're really doing your job well, you have the foresight to see that the market will change. You have the foresight to look at that and say, okay, the Mets – are going to start to overspend because they have this owner who's desperate to win. The Phillies, look what they're doing. We just saw it. You have to see that those things can be coming in the future, and that's the way the Cubs were when the first rebuild happened. They saw, hey, all these all these teams are spending on pitching. Let's go, let's go hitting heavy, and it, and it worked, right? And they went into the international market and they started buying guys. Basically, they found ways to get through to players that other teams weren't doing. So they, I don't know if they didn't see this coming or they're just not reacting the same way because they've won a World Series and they spent a lot of money rebuilding Wrigleyville and Wrigley Field. I don't know what the answer for that is. But we, it, we know that they were at least in on Sanger, right? Like they made an offer. Five for 75 is not crazy. Two for 25 for Manaya, I don't think is crazy. And when you look at what the Cubs have done. I don't have a problem with either move. I, I like both moves. I like Tyone and I like Bellinger for one year on a prove it deal. It's just not enough for this off season. And, and it, it's not over. I understand that. But if they don't get a shortstop, then they have, then they have to really do what Ryan, you were talking about alternatives on Thursday. I was like, well, what, what can they do if they don't get mm-hmm. one of these guys? And you start talking about, okay, Rodon is still out there. Now Tyone is nice, but remember Tyone is really not that different from signing Wade Miley last year. Like it's different like Ah. lengthwise, but like pitcher wise, is he? No, he's been often injured and you don't totally know what you're getting. He's got a higher upside than Miley, right? But if Miley had been healthy and pitched the way he was supposed to pitch, I don't know if it's like 
it might not be apples to apples, but it's still apples to grapefruits. You know, it's it's not that far off. And then you look at the fact that they probably need to add two starters. Okay, well, I don't see why Manaya wouldn't fit into that mix, but so you're left with what? Rodon, Bassett, Uvalde, Kluber, Cindergaard, Smiley. I don't what I don't even know what the situation is with Miley anymore. I, I assume that's someone they could bring back cheap, but like and same thing with Smiley. But if you bring Smiley back. How is your rotation any different than it was last year? In reality, okay, Tyone gave you a little bit of a boost from what you got out of Miley, who obviously was injured most of the season. I don't know if you've added a ton other than are you banking on the prospects too much? That's that's what I really fear, Like, is that deep down – they just want to rebuild this with prospects and we're not, we're not going to give any big free agent deals because we're going to save those for if these prospects are the right prospects, but guys, that's a long ways down, a long ways down. And yeah. to me, this is an off season where they yeah. could have spent at least on one big free agent and they still have that shot. Yeah. And they ought to take I agree. I agree in what you're saying that the, and this is the chat is saying it too, being proactive versus reactive. I completely agree with that. Like, the Cubs are a team that have, even just now, they have the money under the under the you know the luxury tax. They have so much money to spend. They could have been a team that set the market for one of these shortstops. And whether that's you know gonna would have worked out in the long run or not, especially considering where the Cubs are at right now in in this rebuild, like maybe that would end up not have been the right decision. But they are a team that if they if they you know identified the guy they wanted, they you know should have been right out there and and doing it versus you know, letting things play out the way they have, because now you look at the market and is where the Cubs probably came in again, we're going to say this again, where the Cubs probably came in comfortable wise as, as far as the kind of contract they want to give up, the contracts that they're going to have to give now are going to be way higher than what they wanted to because yeah. other teams swooped in and set mm-hmm. the market. The Phillies gave Trey Turner 11 years, 300 million. The Padres blew everyone out of the water, giving Xander Bogarts 11 years, 280 million, like, or whatever, however much it was. Like these are deals that no one foresaw the market. Like no one foresaw that until teams that were desperate came in and, and getting it. And now the Cubs are have, are going to have to react to that market instead of being the ones that have set it. Again, not saying that's the right call either way. It's just that's the reality of the situation the Cubs are in right now, and that's just where we're at. Yeah. Um, so Galvin's like, by the way, Galvin says Bassett's better than all those guys in Mitch. I agree with that, but I've heard we've heard that he wants like five years. And he's in his mid to late thirties, so like that's a. We're not talking about long term contracts that I'm not sure make sense. Go ahead, Cody. I'm sorry. Um, so basically, this is in response to what Ryan he was bringing up the rant, and multiple people, you know, said to me about how Correa changed agents. Which fine, fair. That's if that's the big reason. On top of just the fact that, um, you know, no one was going to give Correa the ten year, three hundred million dollar deal last year whatever if that like i admit in that moment i was being a complete meatball because i came into the office pissed off with luke i mean the moment i walked in the door luke is yelling at me about the cubs and that's something that i've never seen in my life so uh we were all very angry uh but the 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 point of the matter being in ryan you basically touched on a little bit too is just it just feels like jed didn't read the market correctly and that was something that theo did very well and now, and the and the main point of that ran is that now the Cubs are in position to have to spend more on Correa and even Swanson. You know, like there's no way in my eyes that that Swanson's going to get less than 200 million now. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, Doesn't I personally like don't want to. I don't want to give him 200 million, but I also feel like the Cubs have so much money that why does it matter? Why does it matter? Like, who cares if the if the contract doesn't age well late in those years? At this point, like, who cares? Because the Cubs have the money, and it like it, I just don't see how, at least in the early part of that, would would age badly if you have elite defense up the middle and possibly some upside on that offense getting better. So I know we have a super chat, so we should probably read that. Um, uh, I haven't yeah. seen the super chat. What do you what have? Do you Steven? We got it right here. Oh, we got two. We got another one. Just came in. We got another. Well, one. The Cubs think they are a small market team. They have a ton of money, but they don't do anything. Uh, to make a good team after 2016, that's from Windy City Hockey. Would what, what, I mean? That's that's the accusation that people are saying small market team. And if you do look at 
their overall payroll. Well, they are currently acting that way. Some have they always? No. no. Are they currently acting like a small market team? Yeah. Yeah, kind of, sort of. I mean, this the, is the results. This is hey, the fifteenth. That I I gave them a little bit of a pass after last offseason, even though if you go back, there's some rant during the summer where I said we don't deserve this and that the Cubs should have spent more money. If you know, you know, Ryan knows. And like they still signed Saya and they still signed Stroman. So it wasn't a like those were solid moves. And you're and I literally just said that Saya is probably one of the three guys that you can feel really good about going into next season. Right. So so far, that contract in my opinion, looks very good. And Strowman, he can opt out after next season, so I think he's going to have an even better 2023 because he's going to probably try to get more money. Um, so, like, those, I, I'm i feeling like they did spend some money, but they didn't make the big move to, like, really change the roster. And they didn't – and or the fact that they didn't do anything to give themselves any starting pitching depth – is what really hurt them, especially in the first half. So, like, that's why I'm I, people are saying in the chat, well, I shouldn't miss Manai anyway because he wasn't that good. The Padres, who knows? You get that guy at the pitch lab and you get him on a two year point five million, you probably feel like you, you fix him if 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 things could work out. Like, I don't care if it's Manai or not, I'm just saying, like, you've let some of these guys fall off the board and they're not that expensive. And if you really believe in your pitching infrastructure, some of these guys that we've already seen, they brought in guys who weren't that great. And made them even better, you know. Like that's that's the thing. Is like we on the pitching side for me is like the Cubs just need some guys to go in there just in case of an injury or something like that. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that getting Manaya means that they're gonna be a way better team, but like at the very least, he's, he, I feel like he can eat, eat you some innings. You know, so that's kind of like my point on that. Again, I I think the Cubs need to go after more offense than they do pitching, but like when they're not. When they're not, when they still haven't landed the shortstop, and these arms keep like the in the second tier pitching market keep coming off the board, you start to you start to get in shambles like I am right now. So like that's that's kind of like the the my that's where I'm that's where I'm at right now. Like yeah. again, shortstop is number one priority, number one priority. But in the pitching market, they definitely need to be in, involved in those, especially the short term deals that have already came off. So like. Yeah. That's 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 again. That's where I'm at. And, and where's the other I, super chat? Have you seen yeah, the other okay. super chat? Before we read out the other super chat, I wanted to point out that Michael Colada's in the chat with his "I told you so's." So, so <laughs> not this yet. Could have been less not aggravating yet, if you just had believed me four months yeah. ago. <laughs> um, okay, so I, this super my chat response to Michael Colada is: I if if I'm the guy who has a shirt that says "I'm ready to be hurt again," I will get up for anything. Uh, that will prepare me to to definitely be hurt. So still some time, go. man. Anyway, Lil Yumper says, serious question here. With Jed's handling of the offseason so far in the pa- and the past few years, were we as Cubs fans too infatuated with Jed the guy when it was Theo making the tough decisions? Were we as Cubs fans too infatuated with Jed the guy? Hmm. I'm a little confused by the question. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not completely getting the question. Um, I will say that feel, I, I. I'll just say that I, when Jed took the job, I felt maybe at this point, and again, they yeah. could completely change tonight if Correa or Swanson are signed. At this point, right now, I feel like maybe I put too much confidence into Jed. But when you work under Theo Epstein for ten years and you have other experience with other organizations. I feel like it's justified. That that's where I am at with Jed. Okay, yeah, I think so they made mis- they both made mistakes, but now it's Jed's job. Yeah, yeah. Lil Yumper clarified Jed as the guy. So I think what he's trying to say is like we were so affected, with, you know, with what Theo did as the as the president. That you know, you know, with obviously Jed right underneath him as a GM. That when Jed got you know Theo left, Jed got promoted. That you kind of thought he you know took after what Theo did and we just hop right in. You know, Cubs don't miss a beat. Um, I mean, I'll say that's, that was probably the the assumption that you know he learned for a decade under Theo, like he he could he was going to be the guy right away. Um, the way I've I've looked at it is he, you know, he like Theo kind of left him with tough decisions to make. Theo with all the guys, all the, all the core guys, and I you know you give Jed credit for being willing to take all the backlash of making those decisions um, and trying to uh, restart restart the Cubs and where you know restart the franchise because. Where they were at, they weren't going anywhere with just keeping that 
you know, that roster, how they had it. And maybe as Luke has pointed out multiple times this whole year, like there were a few guys they probably should have traded before 2021 and shook up the roster in that way. And they didn't, they held on because that team won a world series. Um, so like I said, you give credit, you give credit where credit due, uh, being willing to make that tough decision that your predecessor left you with, um, because that's not, that's not easy. And you've seen how much hate the Cubs have gotten for making those decisions of trading away or not re-signing those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as, 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 as kind of little Yumper's point is maybe we did think that Jed would become Theo right away. And he hasn't, he, he, it's been three seasons now, I believe, or two, two or three seasons uh, at the helm. And he's still trying to mold this team into what he thinks is a championship contender. We've seen it starting to pay off in the lower levels in the minors. Uh, the trades have looked really good. Um, but as far as where we're at right now, free agency, post-winter meetings, um, people aren't happy. And so I can kind of see where Lil Yumper is going. It's like, you know, <laughs> people people are not seeing Jed uh, in a great light right now because he hasn't made the moves that people have want, had wanted him to make now two years into his tenure as president. Um, and, and, and that may still be him just, you know, trying to get this p- team into a position where they're not, as he said, sacrificing – the future to just try to win a wild card next season like that as much as great as it would be to be in the playoffs next season having a steady you know successful franchise that can compete for world series for years to come is obviously the goal um but it's just obviously it's not paying it's not paying off in the free agent market right now and people aren't happy so i could i could see what little yumper is coming from uh, and one, i think one thing I, people aren't oh, go ahead cody i was just gonna say one thing people aren't upset with we do need to get to uh um shady rays but go go ahead real quick I was just saying that, you know, everyone wants to talk about what Jed hasn't done the last two years, at least on the free agent market. And it's like, well, yeah, like I mentioned, say a Stroman and yeah, like I feel like if they really wanted to be in it last year, they definitely would have made that bigger move. And I feel like that's the one thing about it. But also at the same time, like we didn't know what the rest of the Cubs roster was going to do. So going into last this past season, if they had signed Correa, I don't think we would have thought they would have made the playoffs. And I, who knows, maybe they would have, if they did sign Correa and we saw what we saw, but also because they signed or because they didn't sign Correa, they were able to get a read on a bunch of these other dudes. Not, it's not an excuse. I don't like the route that they did with it, but I'm just saying like, this is the offseason where someone like me, at least, is really going to criticize Jed if he doesn't get it done because he's had two years. He did, he made all the tough decisions that I found a way to talk myself into thinking that is fine, whatever. But this is the offseason. I think that you lose everyone if you don't make the big splash. Yeah. And and before Shady Rays, now I want to get in on it. Because <laughs> <laughs> Carter Hawkins uh, on the chat is right. He's saying – no shortstop, no third base prospects ready. So you got to spend on some of these positions. Yeah, you can't you can't say that they've got nine guys sitting down in AAA right now that are all ready to go. Like that's not the way this works, and that's not actually the way they designed it, right? Like they actually staggered the prospects this time around. So again, they need to they do need to act like a big market team. And if it's overspending and slightly unwise, well, you've been saving up for a couple years to make that move, and this is the time to do it. So, yeah. and again, if it happens, we'll all put on our shady rays and say, "Look how glorious the sun is at Wrigley Field." Look at the shady rays. I'm taking back all of my bad takes. Okay, here we go, Ryan. Let's hear it. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my shady rays on anyway, just because I used them all last week when I was on San Diego. You know, during the day, if I ever got a chance to go outside, San Diego was beautiful. Sun was out, so I needed. I need my shady rays, right? I needed them. They, they, shady rays never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Shady rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. The best part about shady rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear, lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. You drop them in a lake, off a cliff, anything, they'll replace them. Even with that strong of a protection program, they still managed to make quality that I could tell you holding in my hand or wearing on my face seems just as good as any expensive pair that I've ever worn. Shady Rays customers seem to agree with over 200,000 five-star reviews. Shady Rays also provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed and have donated over 20 million meals to date. They stand behind their product and told our team that if anyone has a problem, they throw profit out the window and do what it takes to get it right. 
You get free returns and exchanges. You either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay to ship them back. That's it. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades. My mom, actually, for Christmas, uh, went on Shady Rays, used that code CHGO for 50, yeah. 50% off two more pairs, and she did all her Christmas shopping in that. Is fifty As low as $54 for two share, uh, two two pairs of Shady Rays shades. You can't, you can't do much better than that. Your mom's like Oprah Winfrey. She's like, you get Shady Rays, yeah. and you get Shady Rays, yeah. and you get Shady Rays. She's going to be handing them out to oh, everybody. Yeah. It's oh, a yeah. good thing. Uh, our next partner has a product I've been using literally every day. Started taking AG1 because I didn't have time, wanted better gut health, more energy, and optimized immune system. I've been on it for, I don't know, eight months. I love it. It doesn't taste super healthy. Instead, it's a mild tropical taste, and it is healthy. So here's what it is. One scoop of AG1, you absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens to start your day right. That's a special blend of ingredients supporting your gut health, your nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, all those things. I get that boost of energy from it, so I take it first thing in the morning on an empty stomach. And it's lifestyle friendly too, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, you're all good with AG1. And you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance for less than three bucks a day, recommended by professional athletes, more than 7,000 five-star reviews. So right now, reclaim your health. Arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. You don't need a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash chgocubs. Again, athleticgreens.com slash chgocubs to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance the chat is flying on youtube we've got over 200 people how about some likes in there a few more likes than we have hit that like button people. yeah i can do a few more likes perhaps oh, hit the yeah, like button like if you like people us people are on there to complain today and it's it's a little bit understandable yeah. we um, all needed it we all need i'd been looking forward to coming on this show today from the moment kodai sanga signed with the mets and i ha- i i got most of it out there's still more to go so. Did I did I mention I don't know if I mentioned this on this podcast. I somebody saw somebody in the chat mention it and I know I brought it up on the CHGO podcast just about how even for the White Sox and and I am not comparing the two but like even for the White Sox this is unacceptable like do you realize like we used to host world fairs in this city, you know, we, we have the World Cup checking in on it. We almost hosted the Olympics or at least we tried to host the Olympics like Chicago is like one of the big, big cities in the country. It's the number three TV market in the country. And guys like Carl Sandberg used to write poems about how great our city is, how big it is. Uh, Carl Sandberg, hog butcher for the world, toolmaker, tool stacker wheat, player with the railroads, stormy, husky, brawling, city of the big shoulders. You can't lose out to Minnesota. Come on. They got, they got walleye fishing and they had prints. And the rest mm-hmm. of it is it's a nice little town in the Midwest surrounded by pine trees if you lose anybody to the twins it's a yeah. total disgrace and for that matter san, Fr- san francisco is not chicago either when was chicago ever afraid of san francisco like come on like maybe the always 80s. wrote about our city you can't be you can't be operating like well we're hoping to get the guy at the right price spend some cash have you walked around our city and seen the high rises the skyscrapers that basically we set the trend around the world for skyscrapers this isn't like we're not a city that worries about a 10-story building. We go 107 stories. Like, spend the cash. We have two teams in town. And and frankly, it feels like both want to right now operate in the shadows. And I just don't I don't get why. I, I know I know times are tough some places, but I don't see that in Major League Baseball when I see other small market teams willing to spend huge cash. I just don't I don't see it. So Let's talk about something positive because until somebody signs, that narrative is going to continue, especially yeah. in Cubs Twitter. And they've got another thing coming if they let it go all the way to Cubs convention. Baseball America put out the Cubs prospect list, a new one, top 10, right? A couple of things of note in there. PCA still number one. Brennan Davis, number two. 
Kevin Alcantara, number three. So there's three outfielders at the top, two of which you figure probably could be up to the major league level next season at some point, right? Pete Crow Armstrong and Brendan Davis. That's one reason that Cody Bellinger made a ton of sense. He's not blocking anybody. Not that you worry about that necessarily, but their top two guys right now are still guys that are close to the major leagues and theoretically could make it to the major leagues next season. If the health goes right, the development goes right, they could be there. Cool. That would give you four outfielders if you, if you hold on to all-star Ian Happ and Suzuki develops in right. Great. And then Alcantara is the next wave coming. Yeah. Matt no, Burgess I, is the guy that moved up, though. And and despite yeah. what he said, remember, Alcantara is a top 100 guy. So yeah, I don't know yeah. where Mervis is going to be now in the top 100, but at least he's a bat, guys. At least he's at a bat, a bat at a position that I think you desperately need. And it's, it's, it's definitely a positive sign. Some people in the chat are, are talking about uh, what fan graphs, I think, is what projected him to have like a 122 WRC plus next season, hit like 20 some bombs, bat like 259. Like that'd be, yeah, play like 97 games. At this point, if they don't sign a first baseman, he's going to be playing 162. And if he's not, then like we got to, I, I ain't watching Alfonso Rivas start opening day for the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> no game, offense. No offense. no offense, Alfonso. No offense. You, you got great defense. Also, like someone really, there's someone who follows our Twitter account that really, really loves you. Um, there is, but, that. but, uh, no. Again, this is why, like, I can't say that like Jed deserves to be fired. Like, what he's done to replenish the the farm system is is great, but that's also why they should be spending money. So, uh, not trying to go negative. It's really hard right now, guys. Uh, but yeah, no, it's. It's great to see these guys up there um, and continuously seeing, you know, progression. And you, it's good to see the arms in there too, Wesneski in there. I think Wesneski obviously is yeah. probably going to make the opening day mm -hmm. roster. There's no doubt about that in my mind. Um, I am surprised to see that Jordan Wicks is lower than yeah. uh, Caleb Killian, and, and I don't know, which is wild for me to think. But right, yeah, it, we're not necessarily endorsing this as our top 10 list we leave that to the experts like greg huss who i see is in the chat saying this is one way to assemble list i'm just pointing out that near the top you have guys that are outfielders <laughs> you also have guys that are mixed in there from the trades you know alcantara pca some of the names that are in that mix are coming from the trades that some people didn't want to make right yeah and i i don't remember who earlier in the chat was saying I think it was RWB, but somebody would say trade for this. It, there were three different trades where they added players, and I thought to myself, that that should not be the way. I'm, I'm not saying a trade is bad this offseason, but three trades this offseason, that is not the way they should be building this yeah. roster. They should not be depleting their farm system unless they're getting Shohei Otani. Like, yeah. you don't deplete what you just build up just to go back into the, in the major league level and be like, well, we have a pretty good team, and now we have no prospects left. Yeah. I mean, they have a lot they have of the depth. They have the they money. Have, they they, they should have just depth. traded for Juan Soto. They should have just traded for Juan Soto when they had the chance. Look at that. Look at Look at Now you guys are agreeing with me. No, months, I'm, not, I'm, months still of, not, I'm still not yeah, agreeing yeah. with you. But oh, I'm I not get, sure they would have given the him premise. a contract. I get the premise <laughs> of what you're saying, Ryan, but I'm not agreeing with you because I'm with you, Luke. Like, they should be spending money and not be trading guys for whoever. However, I do think that they have a lot of depth on the farm in which they could make a trade. It just sucks that Canario is hurt, and that that really hurts if you really do want to make a trade, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know what Brennan Davis's value would be right now, but – you know, can't be that great. So, again, whatever. I'm just um, glad that at least a one factoid of the Chicago Cubs right now, that part is good. And that was something that we complained about in the later years of the golden era. So, like, I don't know. I can't I can't be a hypocrite about it. I can't be a hypocrite <laughs> about it. So, um, it says, so with wisdom, Madrigal, Killian, Rowan Wick for everybody's best players. No, no that's not working. And, and also – I saw um I think it was Niran said something. Who says about, no? Owen Casey, <laughs> Owen Casey's a better prospect than Amaya. I don't I don't I don't disagree with that, although I can't say I've compared them as much as obviously Greg Huss has or or Brian Smith. So I leave that to the prospect experts, but I have heard that they did list Casey as the best power hitter in the organization, which yeah. is really saying something when you consider what Mervis did last year, right? Like the mm -hmm. the numbers that he put up. So, Casey Greg Huss has 
Greg Huss has a uh, Matt Mervis number 12 on his list over at Northside bound. Back yeah, his, most, his most updated November 16th was Matt Mervis was number 12. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I know those lists will be all, I will say this. I used to go back. This is really before any of the online stuff went, but I used to save my baseball America's they would send, send, send me a free baseball America whenever they came out. And I used to save the prospect list one. And I used to, it used to be fun to go with Dan, please. I can go look at, look at who they thought were the top 10 prospects in this organization. You know, you would go back and when you went to look at it, it was almost laughable. Like maybe one of the 10 was correct. And then mm-hmm. even for other organizations, it was off. But the point is guys, that's why they're prospects. We have more information than we ever did. And yeah. the prospects should be more likely to hit than they ever were before because yeah. everybody can find more information about them. You have a much better way of evaluating these players, but it's still baseball. It's still a funny sport and they're still prospects. Yeah. I know I'm contradicting myself saying that's why you don't trade them, but you still have to have, you still have to have a pipeline. And the way mm-hmm. to keep the pipeline the way it is, is to also spend some big money on positions that you don't think you can fill immediately with not bad players, great players. And there are still some great players out there and there's still some very, very good players. That doesn't mean the contract is for the great player is going to match the great player. You're probably going to have to do an obscene contract mm-hmm. for a great player because some of the teams that want to compete right now, that's what they're doing. And you can't yeah. just wait forever. Stop with the waiting for Shohei Otani theory. Yeah, You don't even know if he's going to hit the market. That that would be one of the worst philosophies ever because you can, st- if you want to, if you want Carlos Rodon or whoever you want, if you want, you want if you want to save this offseason and get Rodon and Swanson and spend your money there, cool. You still have tons of money for Shohei Otani if he hits the market. Tons. Well, you have we have even in Korea, you got money for him. I think you have like 40 million coming off the books with Hendricks and, and Hayward next year, anyway. So that's just a I mean, they also got that 30 million from Disney buying up some streaming thing that MLB cares. So they got, they got yeah. there's influx of money. That's even more revenue this team is getting. So I agree. It's but okay. I'm, it goes back to me talking about Juan Soto. Like you had a guy available at the trade deadline that a team needed to get rid of. You could, I mean, yeah, it's a different story because you're trading prospects versus just giving out money, but it, it's, it's still in the same vein of when a good player, a player that good is available, you know, players that good don't come available that often. So when they do, you need to figure out a way to pounce on it and, and get that done because who's like you just said, Luke, who knows if Shohei Otani is going to be a free agent next year? Who knows if anyone projected to be a free agent doesn't just sign an extension? Like I know that's not how the business works anymore. Though A lot of those guys will be free agents. Of course, Shohei Otani might be a free agent himself, but you don't know that for sure. So to ever just bank on it and, and just, and just say no to this year, because we got all, all these guys going next year. I guess not, that's, that's not a smart way to play. I don't think that's how Jed and the rest of the front office are playing it or how they think about it. I don't think they're sitting here saying, let's wait for 2023 because Otani may be on the on the market. Uh, it, it, as much as it may seem that way outwardly, I don't see, I don't think that is how they're actually looking at it. But it's just like, it, it does get to the point where it's like, okay, then what are you doing this offseason to improve mm-hmm. this team next year? How are you going to improve this team next year so that in 2023, you know, a year from now, a guy like Shohei Otani, would actually you know be open to signing with the Chicago Cubs. How are you going to make this team an attractive destination for, for free agents next year and years beyond if you're not doing anything right now to improve it? That's that's the whole way yeah. I look at it is you got to do you got to figure out a way to improve it every year. It, it can't be yeah, I get the rebuild and and, and you traded all these guys cuz you needed to start over because that's the spot that you were left at and I get it and I you know I understood it and I'm still okay with it. But if you're not doing anything year after year to improve the roster, not even just incrementally, but when you got guys who could really, really help this team on the market, you have to make an effort. You have to make your best effort. And at some point you have to, you do have to lock one of those guys in and bring them to your team to help this team over the long haul. You can't make all your free agent signings in one year because we see how when guys, when guys contracts are up at the same time, how big of a hassle that could be. You need to, you need to do everything. You need to do things year after year, to improve this team so that when one guy falls off your team, you got another guy coming in later on. That's just the way I look at it. That's how you should build the team. You're exactly right, Ryan. This shortstop market in free agency is not about 
getting signing Correa or signing Swanson is not about making this team World Series ready. It's about building a foundation to make this World Series team ready. That's it. That's it. You can't have the foundation without the foundation. You're not building a World Series winner. You're just kind of meddling in the middle and hoping all the prospects come. And then magically, this next great crop of free agents will come at just the right time. Meanwhile, you'll go seven or eight, nine years while you're waiting and fans are going to the ballpark and just seeing a team that's not competitive in the way they want Mm -hmm. the team to be competitive. The Cubs hopefully have done a roster assessment. Now they've done an off-season assessment. They still need to revisit that free agency assessment because so far it's not what it needs to be just like ComEd does facility assessments, the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program. See how I did that? It's committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve save money and energy. ComEd offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, whether it's lighting, HVAC systems, commercial kitchens, equipment, or industrial processes. An An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. They can be done in person or virtually, lasting about two hours, Then within three to four weeks, customers receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, projected cost, potential incentives, and simple payback. Don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips. And to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comad.com slash poweringbiz. Ready to sign up for a a facility assessment? Call them at 1-855-433-2700 during normal business hours, and you will speak with a ComEd Energy Efficiency Program representative. You can also email them at businessee at comed.com or request an assessment online at their website, comed.com slash facility assessment. Well, Sean Murphy was traded to the Braves, so everyone put your – Shady raids a uh, raise on, and then log on to DraftKings uh, and uh, place some bets and hopefully win some money tonight. That way, you feel better about yourself. This Cody, time maybe of year, they're trying to replace Swanson. We'll get to that. Maybe, later. maybe uh, this time of the year, everyone's excited about the gifts, the holiday spirit. But what about all the basketball? When I throw down on the NBA action, it's got to be with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner. Of the NBA, new customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 and free bets if they do. Plus, everyone can can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings. Same game, parlays. Uh, I lost every parlay I made this weekend. But yeah, you, if you, you can, you, you could be better than me. All right. You, you could, any one of you in the chat can be better than me. Uh, any, if, if there is any Cubs fans in Maryland, like guys, sports betting is now live there. Like you just, you can sports bet legally in Maryland. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in that state. Call, uh, download the app now and get in on the holiday hoops action. Sign up with code CHGO, place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details in the podcast or YouTube description. That said, the under in Army-Navy on Saturday uh, was the biggest bad beat of the year. Both those uh, military academies are dead to me. I'm an Air Force guy moving forward. That's so, <laughs> guys, Murphy, Murphy to the Braves. So take another – we don't even know if he was technically on the Cubs' radar, but just take another big name out of the puzzle that they could have received. Again, I didn't want to give a bunch of prospects mm-hmm. for Murphy, but I could give a few – I could give some of the right prospects if you told me I had my, my catcher who was going to give me both offense and receiving for the right price for the future moving forward. If that, if that was the road they chose to take like Rodon and Murphy and tie out, like I can, I mm-hmm. can be on board with that. I still want the shortstop, but I can be on board with that. I know it's frustrating to Cubs fans. Yeah. I, I know people in the chat are mad. I will, I will say, I'll say you know, oh, with Sean Murphy going, you know, obviously as, as a catcher going to the Braves, I wonder what that – they have a lot of catching depth. What does that do for someone like Travis Darno? 
you know, really good catcher was very solid defensively last year. We know the Cubs are looking for that a little on the older sides. Uh, William Contreras in there, but like, you know, Darno is, you know, I think he's 33, maybe going on 34 next season. So he is probably a guy you're not going to have to give up a lot of prospect capital for or have to invest a ton of money for the future for him. So, I mean, if, if that, if that kind of player from the Braves becomes a little expendable, you know, I wonder, I wonder if that's something the Cubs kick the tires on now that Sean Murphy is headed to Atlanta. I wonder. We'll see. I haven't seen who's in it. Is is Wilson's brother in the trade? Because that would make sense too. I haven't looked at it. I, I I've only Passin, seen Jeff Passan tweeted out. Yeah, uh, that's all I've seen is what Passan said. I'm just gonna say that the only way I wanted Sean Murphy is if the Cubs had signed Swanson and Bogarts. Um, oh yeah. Because then because then it would have been like okay, we're going we're trying to go from worst to first and more next season. Um, but with that dream of getting both those shortstops completely shelled to me, it, I'm okay that they weren't in on Murphy. I, I I just don't want to give up prospects for a catcher when you got catching prospects coming up anyway, and you can sign a guy like Christian Vasquez. And if you want to make a, a, a big trade, go for someone else who's more impactful in my opinion, but like Bo Bichette, for example, like if oh, you don't land a shortstop, now you're talking you know my I mean? language. so like, I'm just saying I'm spitballing. I know Bo Bichette's kind of like a name out there that people have talked about on Cubs Twitter. I'm not saying that well, I'm for he's it. He's available. But, I'm all in. But yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, so uh, whatever. Uh, and I'm also annoyed that the Braves and the A's are just now becoming trade partners for everything now. So yeah, uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, if there's any anything, if you want a big spin zone, the the A's like the A's make Tom Ricketts look like a like a like a like a very good owner, man. Like the way they run things there in Oakland. Maybe so the nice. Braves maybe yeah, the Braves man. are trying to make up for the fact that they'll lose Dansby Swanson, who by the way did get married to Mallory Pugh over the weekend. It's a nice Chicago couple. Nice Chicago there couple. They could both be living now. here. Um, <laughs> the first the first couple of Chicago sports. That's yeah. right. Um, what what did can you, I? Meant, I mentioned Wilson's brother. Do you want to you want to talk about the Tribune article real quick, Cody? Oh man, yeah. There you go. I have. This I is have how thoughts. we're gonna end it. This is how I have thoughts. This okay. <laughs> Might as well finish first, in the basement. First off, so. first off, I guess so. Wilson Contreras was introduced by the Cardinals on Friday, and it was it was painful. Um, he basically. He openly said that he thought about playing for the Cardinals while with the Cubs playing the Cardinals in season, um, which fine, whatever. I I have to remember that in those types of press conferences, the player is going to try to do whatever it takes to get the fan base yeah. behind him right away. And real quick, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut in real quick. You all, I, I I agree with that, and you also have to think at that point when when because that was Pujols' home run off Drew Smiley. I want to say uh, yeah. that was that that point. At mm-hmm. that point, it was. He, Wilson Contreras kind of knew he was gone. Yeah, he, he knew he was gone. Taking advantage, like kind of taking he was advantage mad. of, or yeah, he's pissed. A lot of different emotions, things. I mean, it was maybe you know, it was the I, I would say the trade deadline was still fresh, so I can understand why he's like, hey, you know what? They need a catcher next season. <laughs> like mm-hmm. as as Pujols is rounding around the bases, I could see it. Okay, go ahead. Fine. Thank you for saying all of that, Ryan. <laughs> uh, and I say that in the most monotone way possible. Uh, that said, he did that. And he dropped this Players Tribune article, which, in my opinion, my I don't know if I speak for the entire fan base of the Chicago Cubs, but I like to believe that a lot of people at least somewhat agree with me sometimes. And his first sentence, his very first sentence in this Players Tribune article is, first things first, no one could ever replace Yadier Molina. We all know that. You've got to be fucking me. You gotta be shit. Like, after all of what Cubs fans did for this guy, after all the support, after everything, again, again, you can be mad at the front office. You can be mad at ownership, blah, blah, blah. That has nothing to do with the fans. Has nothing to do with the fans. But he, he doesn't even start the Players' Tribune article by recognizing Cubs fans or anything. He doesn't even recognize Cubs fans at all in it. All he does is talk about how he's excited to go to St. Louis. And then he waited like a whole another day to even acknowledge the Cubs and how thankful he was for that, for them and all this. That is bullshit. And to me, it screams everything. 
to me, it screams that everything that those standing ovations and and the the crying no. and all that no. it screams it screams no. that a lot of it was just bullshit, especially no. at the end. Oh no no no! It, yes, he, it does. He, yes, he it does. About, no, you're no, not going to no, change no. my mind. You're not okay, going to change, change my mind. mind. But I'm going to say my piece is that he did that all season, every single day. I was in the clubhouse every day. He was asked about it every single day. 162 games a year, he was asked about the fans and being a Cub and all that stuff, and he said it every single year. So the, I, I mean, I, I'm not saying he should not have acknowledged the Cubs fans, but to say all that was bullshit, it, that's that's just not true. <laughs> that's not true. He loved being. He wanted to be here. He wanted to be a Cub. He he, Fine. he talked about the Cubs fans. I'm all not the saying time. he didn't. I'm not but, saying he didn't. But want to, to be say a Cub. that was bullshit was just that. That's that is bullshit in my opinion because he. he I that those were genuine moments to me. You saw him crying in the dugout when him and Hap both thought they were being traded. You know that hug, like that. All that to me was completely genuine. You can I mean say what you want about that Players Tribune article. I've seen a lot of hot takes, including yours, Cody, uh, about or you know just not even hot takes, just takes in general about it. Um, and yeah, he didn't. I I don't. I haven't read back, and I don't think he acknowledged the Cubs fans. He had that Instagram post the other day, whatever. Um, but I, I don't think you can discredit those moments in the season. Those were those to yeah. me were completely genuine. I think those Fine. were completely genuine. Whatever. Maybe let me maybe, be the voice maybe, of reason. Let me be maybe. the voice of reason. You're both right. Here's the deal. This is what it really is. And it, it's some of what they're saying in there in the chat. This is here's what it screams. He's not leaving on good terms. And he is he's he's the most emotional player that I can ever remember the Cubs having. He wept on the field no less than five times this year. He wept on the field last year. He wept at the All-Star game. He's outrageously emotional. It's part of what made Cubs fans love him, and now it's going to be part of what makes Mm -hmm. a portion of the fan base absolutely hate him with the Cardinals. He's. I don't know if he went to the Cardinals just because it was sticking it to the Cubs. I don't know how close the two offers were. I'm just saying – we loved him because he was emotional. He was outrageously emotional, and he was badly hurt when the Cubs said, yeah. you're not the guy we want and we're not moving forward because he'd been with them since he was this young teenager. So now he's taking it out with the new girl. He's he's with the new girlfriend, and he's thrown it in the face of the old girlfriend who said, <laughs> you know what, we're going to break up. And so now yeah. you have a guy who's dating a new girl but he's still going on Instagram and posting lots of pictures of himself with the new girlfriend so the old girlfriend can see him. It's just the way it is. And and it does – I'm not saying you're wrong, Cody. I'm just saying no. the fan base is going to be 50-50. When he comes back, it will be a mix of boos and cheers. All yeah. I'm really trying to say is that the way that he went about this is extremely petty and to me says more about his character than we all really knew. And sure, maybe maybe the 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 crying and stuff on the field and all that, maybe that's not all bullshit, like I said. Maybe, maybe I'm overreacting, Ryan. But to me, if all of that shit really meant something, he would have acknowledged the fans first in the players' tribune article. That's what those things are for, in my opinion. Dexter yeah. Fowler did the same thing, and he didn't even do that. All he said, there's one little paragraph where he said that he spent like 13 years with the Cubs and winning the World Series, it was a great, but everything else, like the first like the first five graphs of that is him just, just loving Yadier Molina, which fine. You can do that. I, I don't even care that he did that. I just wanted him to acknowledge the Cubs fans and that's it at some point in that. And he didn't even do that. Yeah. And to me, that's a slap in the face, man. After everything, when, when obvious shirts had him come and do that signing the freaking line down the street to go and see him, all the people wearing the will extend Wilson Contreras shirts in the stands, all these standing ovations, to me, it's a slap in the face. And again, if he wants to be mad at the front office and all that, fine. But don't don't take that energy out on the fans. And that's what he did. And that's why I'm mad. And that's why I think that it's justified. You I may know. or may not agree with Cody, but this is who we are. <laughs> we're we're emotion on the sleeves. We're facts, F-A-X. We're facts, <laughs> F-A-C-T-S. We're, we're a combination of the three. And then the fourth piece of the oh mixture, the chat. The chat I'm, is our fourth I'm piece. sorry. I'm yeah. sorry for all my yelling once again. I'm just I'm just very passionate about this particular topic because, listen, I was, I was loud on this podcast the last few months about being okay that he was leaving. 
And I knew he was going to probably, you know, turn into a heel the moment he signed with the Cardinals. But just the way that things have already started, it just rubs me the wrong way. And if it doesn't rub other Cubs fans the wrong way, then I don't really understand you. That's that's just how I feel. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks to everybody that did jump on the chat. We appreciate it. We had a lot. Of, we had a couple super chats today. We had a couple hundred people love on more. the live YouTube feed. Great turnout for a dreary Monday afternoon. Um, a lot of anger and a lot of passion. No question about that. By the way, we're going to try and get out to winter uh, land tomorrow. Have a little fun out there. Maybe skate off some of the the, the angry vibes that are going around and who knows, maybe that'll be enough for the, uh, the extra dollar the Cubs need to then give it to Correa or Swanson. That's the get that big cheese, Snucky. That's right. We'll uh, thanks to everybody for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top rated sports book. Make sure you download the app and then use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. If there's reason for an emergency podcast tonight before tomorrow's podcast, we will be right here. We hope to yeah. see you then until then. Fly the W. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.